relationships, just like business relationships, take practice. Like it takes practice negotiating, showing up, asking for what you want, delivering your product, knowing what your specialty is. <laughs> These are things you get to discover over a lifetime. And like I say, you're, they change too. Your tastes and flavors change throughout your whole lifetime. Only as, as I say, only when somebody had way too much pizza, did they discover how delicious it would be to dip it in ranch dressing. <laughs> you have to have extra pizza before you get to that level. Otherwise, you're just eating mushroom pizza for the rest of your life. Hello, and welcome to the Three Uniques podcast. I'm your host, Brenda Rigby. I'm a business and leadership coach and entrepreneur. I'm a single mom of two teenagers and a purpose-led believer. My mission is to maximize the human potential by helping you unlock what's unique in all of us and design a big life that leaves you whole, grounded, and complete. Welcome to Three Uniques. New research has found that people who chit-chat and women's brains have more of something called, I might be pronouncing it wrong, FOXP2, F-O-X-P2, which is a protein in the brain that they're referring to as the language protein. I haven't done enough research on it, but fascinating, right? So they found that women have more of this protein in their brain. And of course, some men do because gender is a spectrum. And also in a 19-year study on conference calls, they found that men use 92 percent of the words in business. Yet women speak 13,000 more words per day. Think, think about how many steps you're trying to get in per day. That's a lot of words. And so, so also this, I, I love fast, fascinated by this stuff. Men's brains, they found that men's brains, again, talking on a spectrum, men's brains have more gray matter and that's the part that collects information. So I consider it like they've gotten all the books, they've collected all the information, they put it in a box, they put a box. Women have more white matter in their brains and white matter is the part that connects things. White matter makes the connection between all the information in the boxes. So I consider it that women have all the lids of all those boxes open and we're going, hey, that's in that box. And it's also in that box. And that makes sense. Da, da, da. So <laughs> when it comes time to connect with your partner, what happens is men have this light switch, if you will. And the light switch goes on and it turns off all the other boxes because they're already closed anyways. It's not a big deal to them. It's like the minute that light switch goes on, all the other boxes are, are, are on, are off. I'm on. The boxes are all closed. The light switch is on. Let's go. <laughs> Women, however, we don't have that light switch. Our light switches are in each one of those boxes. This is how I just, this is, this is why you got to huddle because it turns off all those boxes. Mm -hmm. The appetite helps you forget how hungry you are or the stress of the day you've arrived. Mm-hmm. So I explain it. That's why that's, I see, that's why it takes 20 minutes. They say it takes 20 women, minutes for a woman to have foreplay. 
As a side note, I'll drop this one because it's fun. <laughs> I consider anything that has the word sex in it to not be foreplay, meaning oral sex is not foreplay. Write that down. <laughs> That's not an appetizer. That's a main dish. So you got to be able to close up all your boxes, turn off all those boxes so that you can turn on. And this sound mm -hmm, is a huddle sound and it turns off the, the maybe you've heard of the vagus nerve and vagal toning, it's the new, but this is vagal toning at its origin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the positive pulse. Mm -hmm. It's the message that says, I've got you, I understand. So I've already shared that we communicate completely differently. Men use 92% of the words, women use more words. And in my research and in my experience, men use words of logic. Women use words of emotion and connection. Mm -hmm. So when we're getting, and women are saying, I need emotional connection, they're trying to get that through words. I want to be understood. I want to feel that you feel me. And men are trying to make sense. They're trying to, okay, this is logical. <laughs> they need to be emoted and understood. So when you use this sound, and I've been, like I said, training men for a really long time, and I've been training them to understand, to have compassion, to attune themselves to their partner's feelings, not by using words, because that's not their language. As soon as you say, can we talk or let's talk, uh, it's like a deer in the headlights, fight, flight, freeze. <laughs> out of here and I add the next two on that one maybe you, maybe this will ring a bell for you there's fight flight freeze the next two are also fawn and that's oh, I, I'm gonna be a good girl everything's gonna be happy we're good we're fine we're fine and some people I find a lot of women will default to that one and the other one that I've discovered is blame so what I find is a lot of people in that default of I, I is blame. You did it. I'm not, I'm not hard because of you. I'm sorry. Did that just come out of my mouth? Um, <laughs> so it's the communication is actually that space in between intimacy is the vibe in the space between knowing that somebody can feel how you're feeling, but they can only do that if you let out your vibe. So sometimes people say we don't have a vibe between us and I'll go, well, you got to put one in. If you want to have a playful vibe, you got to play with that sound. This makes it super, super simple. So remember I was talking about how sexual confidence and confidence with yourself is everything. Confidence is knowing that you're... People are going, I'm not in the mood. Well, you can connect with somebody in any mood. If you're in a, if you're in a bad mood and you're confident, it's like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
you can let it out. You can express your mood without having to search for words. And that's how I help people communicate without having to get caught in words. Because a lot of times men who go frozen in the face, I'll explain it to you. They get in trouble for the words that they use. They say the wrong thing. I can't believe you said that. He said such and such. And when they're in therapy, they feel like there's two people picking on their words. See, and I can hear your words. And that's how I know you're with me. <laughs> and when you're with somebody, you can feel them. Mm -hmm. So when I ask people to do a huddle together, I'm asking people, the biggest thing we need practicing in life is giving and receiving. I say you're an offense and a defense. One wants physical action. One wants emotional action. And what I say is when somebody's giving you love, can you receive it? Can you send love freely? Even when it's not coming back, we need help asking for what we want, giving and receiving love. And that takes practice. It seems easy at the beginning because there's three stages to a relationship. Knowledge is power. When I learned this, I was like, why don't we know this? The first part of a relationship is called the honeymoon phase. Yes, yes. Mm, mm. And when you're in love, oh, I'm not the honeymoon phase. The next part is uh, the power struggle. And this is where most every couple loses it. It's exhausting. It's the, are we doing things my way, your way, or hit the highway? <laughs> it's finding out what is going to work for you. I like this way. I want emotional attention. I'm not getting enough emotional attention. So I'm withholding physical attention. I'm not getting enough physical attention. So I'm withholding emotional attention. That's the power struggle. Mm -hmm. And I find it in all kinds of gendered relationships. I even find it in places of business. So once you learn to manage the power struggle on the, you get to the third and final magical stage of a relationship called true love. And that's what you really want. True love is the knowledge that you are seen, mm -hmm, accepted in all your weirdness. Because intimacy and sex is where your weirdness truly is. And it's the whole reason you got in a relationship is to be seen and be able to express yourself as your weirdness. You want to be able to have those dance moves and those dance parties and get clumsy together. You want to be able to have a football play and know that even if you have or a foul, you're going to be able to recover. And these things take practice. And as a coach, I start by teaching because the tango dancers, as I said, I, I don't know if I mentioned, I'm actually a partner dance instructor. A tango starts with an abrazo. Another word for hug. So they start in that motion and in that position, they drop the outside like they're in it together. But when you're dancing, you're actually in it for yourself. 
a good dance and a good football game can't be choreographed. You have to show up prepared, allow the action to unfold and know how to respond and have fun with it. Know your moves. Mm -hmm. And when you know a few moves and you know how to get there and how to begin, you feel confident taking risks together. You have to care for each other. And the goal of a sensual, sexual encounter is to allow your sensual body to come out and play. And ladies, that's the truth if you're on a team or you're alone. Mm -hmm. Because it's very important to keep your sexuality as your aliveness, even if you're alone. It's not about having sex. It's about being in touch with your sensuality. Your sensuality is your Mm -hmm. And you get your saliva going, just like when you're in love, everything tastes better. Everything looks brighter. Music is fabulous. Your body wants to move because your body says you're relaxed. And that's what happens when you salivate and vibrate your vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do a huddle together because it takes practice to be weird. And that's the goal is that you want to be able to be weird with yourself, be weird in the world, be weird with each other so that you can really show up as yourself. So this huddle is how you get comfortable with yourself in any mood. So put a palm on your chest. I really press mine to my chest so that I can feel my own vibration. I've been practicing this so long that I can already feel it. And we're going to make that yes sound three times. That simple, mm-hmm. Ready? Mm-hmm. 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 Can you feel it? Maybe you can. Maybe you can't. It's still happening. You are sending a vibration to your. I'm okay. And I'm willing to make the sound or willing to do what's next. I'm okay with it. And I make this sound in bed before I get out in the morning. This is my mm hmm. Mm hmm. And you notice it sets your breathing. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. I've studied a lot of meditation techniques over up. Techniques, breathing techniques, and in my office and in my work with thousands and thousands of people, when I get people to go, mm -hmm, you make an automatic inhale, mm -hmm. you find your natural sound is the one that you're making while you listen to it right now. Uh -huh. Huh? Uh huh? Huh? Or even, uh uh. Mm -mm. Then you're strong in your no. Mm -mm. So it's those pulsing sounds on the dance floor when you're dancing. You make those pulsing sounds and you have certain moves so that you're communicating with your partner in the space between. You wouldn't see tango dancers going, okay, slower. Oh, no, come back. And you wouldn't see football players going, hey, Joe, are you ready? No, they communicate with those little hut hut sounds. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Amy, Anna said that she feels more calm and centered. And oh, nice. Yeah. And it helped. It actually helps with anxiety. I have videos about that on my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. It helps with a lot of relationships are dealing with sexual trauma. Mm. And being able to make this sound together helps you both stop, stop it and drop it. So you're communicating right in the moment. Mm -hmm. You can hear me make this sound right before my I start my TED talk. And it's like a wave of Amy love going over the audience. And it is the reason people ask why, how the heck did you hold 2600 people in the palm of my hand? And it's because that sound, because you can feel me before you can see me. Mm -hmm. And when you go this way, when you are going to be intimate, if you're going on a date, if you're going to connect with your partner at the end of the day, if we women, hi, how was your day? How was your day? And then you immediately cut to lists and responsibilities, lists and responsibilities. It's exhausting. And that actually makes us feel more distant than each other. Now we're trying to solve it. Oh, you had a bad day. Now you're running your mind through traffic. That's not why you got home. You got home to see your honey. You want to drop the outside world, just like football players do. They huddle mm -hmm, to drop the outside world. The first time, yeah, so practice it by yourself. <laughs> That's why you practice throwing the ball so that somebody else can be there to catch it. But this is a move. Uh, I share this. This is not in my book. I did this with my husband. My husband's a movie producer. He was exhausted. He had a thousand zillion stresses all day long. When he'd come home, he was like, rah, 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 rah. And I went, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. So that I didn't have to hear it. And so that I was just matching his. He could feel me. It was like, finally, he could feel me. I just, it, it dropped his words. And he would be like, oh, honey. So it would help him to drop it and let him know he was home right at the front door. I ask you to stop it and drop it. Like when you come home, get home from work or working at home, I do it when I come in my office. I go, aha. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or sometimes I cry. <laughs> and you can do the same thing at home. That's your space to drop your mask and be real. That's your for a moment picture two athletes if you will and when they don't like each they're in the locker room going hey you made a pass at my girl yo mama but then they go out on the field the outside world and they forget about the fans did i mention that your kids are your fans they're watching everything you're doing they, they, they only see the good plays. <laughs> they can tell when you're a winner. They can tell when you're losing. Even when things are bad, they're still watching. <laughs> so it's, it, they, but they don't see all the practice that goes into it because the practice is private. <laughs> Remember, it's called privates because it is. So you want to make sure those athletes go onto the field and they're like, <laughs> they're, they're, they're dudes. And they huddle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and it dropped the competition, dropped the power struggle. It tells their minds, body, and heart that they're in the game together. And they start by doing it. I mean, imagine when they started doing a By doing it together, they're being weird together. They're putting some skin in the game. Mm -hmm. And that's what it takes. And couples through these, and there's more and more to it so that when they really do that huddle, they can start some real weirdness. And I help set up an intimacy game plan so that you're allowed to what you like you get he gets practice your partner gets practice knowing how to show up for you and you get to know how to show up for your partner and that way it doesn't get boring because think about those athletes think about those tango dancers if they had the same dance over and over forever and ever if they ate the same pizza over and over forever and ever it'd be like oh yay pizza I mean, I don't, you don't want to get tired of pizza. <laughs> and I explained to guys who are, you know, or if you're influenced by, by porn or visions that you're seeing, those are also your eyes are a connection to your brain. So it's actually not even processing through your body. It's just imagery like violence coming right through your brain. That's how I describe it to them. And you get numb to how much violence you see. And you certainly don't want to be numb to your sex life or your love life. So you have to turn off the brain, it takes extra practice to turn off the brain so that you can mm, feel yourself, mm -hmm. feel each other mm -hmm. and have a beautiful dance on the dance floor of life and love. Hi friends, it's Brenda here. I hope you're enjoying our podcast guest today on the Three Uniques podcast. I wanted to interrupt the interview for a couple seconds to let you know about Aligned AF. Aligned AF is my 12-month coaching experience for leaders and entrepreneurs up to big goals in their life, ready to step into their three uniques, and fully aligning their life to their purpose. Imagine yourself living an intentional, values-driven life that aligns all domains, professional, personal, health, wealth, and community impact. You're generating a six-figure and a multi-six-figure business within your first year. You're learning to love every failure and approaching new goals with possibility, energy, and love. You're unlocking your potential and overcoming your limiting beliefs in a short period of time. And you're shifting yourself from looking ahead to looking within to consider your choices, your values, and most of all, your purpose. You're identifying barriers, examining their origins and recognizing and celebrating the range of unique skills and experiences you possess to propel you forward. You're building healthy relationships and routines, setting boundaries around the things, people, ideas that drain you without feeling guilty. If you're interested in learning more about Aligned AF, my 12-month coaching experience for leaders and entrepreneurs, check out 3uniques.com for more details on the Aligned AF coaching experience or other coaching experiences and working with me. Take care, everyone. And now back to our guest.
Amy, uh, Carrie said here in the chat, uh, so interesting, even when they aren't huddling, they are constantly touching shoulder pads. I think she's talking about the, the football players or the athletes. Uh, shoulder pads, back pads in passing, etc. I never thought of the importance of that to the team and individual as part of the team. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, the games, the practice, showing up for practice and knowing that you're not keeping score all the time. <laughs> being able to recover from fouls. And you can't just talk your way, a football player or a tango dancer, you can't talk your way out by yourself because you know different moves. One of you is a great thrower. One of you is a great catcher. The one who's going, I need you to catch it higher. I need you to throw it lower. You're both right. You know what you need. It takes practice giving and receiving in a way that we can show up for each other, that you don't, aren't building resentment, that you're looking forward to playing together. Mm, then it's really good. Then you know you've got a lifetime to grow ahead of you. Any more questions? Oh, the way, I, the only other thing, I, I, relationships, just like business relationships take practice. Like it takes practice negotiating, showing up, asking for what you want, delivering your product, knowing what your specialty is. <laughs> These are things you get to discover over a lifetime. And like I say, you're, they change too. Your tastes and flavors change throughout your whole lifetime. Only as, as I say, only when somebody had way too much pizza, did they discover how delicious it would be to dip it in ranch dressing. <laughs> you have to have extra pizza before you get to that level. Otherwise, you're just eating mushroom pizza for the rest of your life. And it's hard to ask for pineapple pizza with jalapenos. He'll be weird. I don't want anybody to know that's what I want. So then you start to think that you're going to drive across town to get that uh, pizza that you don't want your partner to know that it's dripping down your mouth, but that you, you don't want to keep secrets. I consider that like playing on another team. Mm -hmm. And then you've got a whole league going and that's okay. Lots of people want to play with other teams, but like I say, I your team? What do you want from your team? How often are we practice? What are we playing? What's our goal together? Expand our team. I'll say, okay, first let's define this team. So I can decide, so we can discuss what it is you want to expand, what it is you want to take. Do you want to learn something together? Or did you want to go play with another league? Oh, you wanted to go play with another league. What did you want to play? No, that's the game you're supposed to be playing here. Let's practice that game here. Then if you want to explain to go play with other teams, then you know how you feel secure with your own team. These things take practice. And I got to say, I've been working with this metaphor of dancers and sports for 16 years. So, and describing it to men <laughs> and they're all going, oh, this makes sense. 
Yeah, and actually the, the analogies are perfect. Actually, Laura puts here, because it, it came up for me too. She said, reminds me of the movie Jerry Maguire. So if anyone remembers Jerry Maguire, it's all about like a sports agent. But uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. plays the football player, uh, wasn't getting a contract because he didn't have heart. He had to start showing up at the games and playing the heart to get the contract that he wanted. Because he was seeing mm -hmm. all these other players get all these like bazillion dollar contracts. And he's like, what about me? Like I'm playing every day. I'm doing the work. I'm doing the schlag. But it's like, but, you know, not showing up with the heart behind it, right? And, right. and I think to you, like the, the power struggle, like trying to prove yourself all the time. Right. And I have coached uh, lots of millionaires and billionaires who are stuck in their love lives or can't get that partner or who are still, once they're in their relationship, still think that they're players, still think that they're open players looking for a contract. You've got a contract. Sometimes I help them make their contracts together so that they realize they're actually on a team and they have to show up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I loved what you said earlier. And sorry, I want to just interject because there was one thing that I, and I, when you said it, I reflected back on a conversation I had with Scott, my partner, that I never even thought that I was doing it. So the whole, like going from honeymoon to power struggle and sort of, you know, the, I've got, like, we've got to talk about something. And so uh, last week when we went skiing, we're at, like having, it was just the two of us. We had like a great day, no kids worrying about like ski boots, not fitting and all that sort of stuff. It was just the two of us. And we just did like a date day and we're having this great time and we're on the chairlift and I'm like, we've been together for almost two years now. So I'm just like, you know, so what's next? What do you think is next? And he's like, I see this for us and I see this. And he went into this whole like vision story for me and I think it had a lot to do now that I reflect on it about like, it wasn't sitting down at a table and being like, I have some questions for you about where our relationship's going and like holding a spotlight over him. Like he was in his element, he loves skiing. And he just went down this whole vision story and I was just like, okay, all right, yeah, that sounds good. Like, you know, can I add a little bit of like pink to that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's great. And, you know, it was really collaborative. And I was just like, it's a whole other side of him. Like, oh, so get him skiing and we can actually open up conversations. Oh, action. Absolutely action. Um, personal story, as I've coached men all of these years, and I couldn't get them to talk. And I had this toaster, my daughter couldn't understand why our toaster never worked. I would always say, can you fix my toaster? Because while they were fixing my toaster, which was never broken till they tried to fix it. Once they're doing something and having an action, they can talk. They'd leave an hour later. My toaster was never, ever working again. And they'd say, wow, I never shared that. I've never talked about that trauma or that time in that relationship or how I felt about this or the things that happened. So it's absolutely keep men in action. If you sit down and say, let's talk, it's, you're, you're asking, you're, I know I'm going to be put on the, on the, the witness stand. So it's let's have action. Let's be comfortable in silence together. Then you can imagine anything. Is there more? Carrie said in the chat, uh, she liked the toaster analogy. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> uh, Amy, are you open to folks asking you questions? Oh, please. Or like sharing thoughts that they had from, you know, the... Um, yeah, please do. Sure. So I'll, 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 I'll turn it over to uh, everyone that's online. Like, again, well, I'll just say thank you, Amy, for sh for sharing. But if people have questions, feel free to put them in the chat or you can unmute. You can just make this an open forum discussion. 
Let's ask Amy some questions. And again, remembering, <laughs> I think as leaders in you know business, we're running teams, et cetera, let's not forget the relationships that we have with our partners, our spouses, our significant others. But I think a lot of the things you also talked about too, that can apply into work. It's like, are we you know pushing our agenda forward? Or are we like really leaning in and building that connection and asking for what we want? But you know, meeting people, it's not the power struggle of doing it. I, I just want to share one, one other thing to that. When you're in a business situation, remember that piece that I told you about men using logical words. If you get through your sentence, if you get through your idea and cut out your feeling words, men use the words, I think. They don't say, I feel we should. They say, I think we should. So when you want to be understood by that logic closing brain, go to the thinking words. Go to those solution words, cut out all those feeling words. I'd be happy if, nope, just stick to the if. <laughs> Go, if we, this will work. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks. Question? Yeah, any questions? Any thoughts, comment? I just have a comment. Um, my name is Alyssa. Um, Amy, you're like an incredible speaker, like captivating, amazing energy, eloquent. I just loved listening to you. I learned a lot, but I just loved your style. Thank you so much. Do check out my TED talk. I will. For real. That's not a joke. <laughs> I will. I totally Because I know that's a joke too, but it's not my joke line. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's a super fun, it's a super fun TED talk. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Lissa. Any learnings? Like what are some of the learnings that you're taking away from today? Some things that came up for me is just that, like you mentioned it already is like the, uh, when you're talking about the, the facts and the information, Men make up more gray matter. Women come in with more white matter, the collaboration, the connections. I thought that was really key. I wrote that down. And then, yeah, the fight, flight, freeze, fawn. I often talk about that uh, with my clients, but then also the blame. I think adding that in there too. Oh, yeah. Because I, I find that's what men do. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in, that, in those situations, especially if it comes to emotions. Right. Uh -huh. And I'll, I'll also share that one of the hardest things to do in life is to say, I don't know how. And especially when it comes to intimacy, and especially when it comes to the bedroom, we feel like we're supposed to know how. And unfortunately, today, the main educator of how is porn. Mm. And porn is um, not an educator, I say it's missing three very important things, a partner, pleasure and real action. Mm -hmm. So when people are feeling rejected emotionally, they're, you, when you feel rejected emotionally, you feel shame because you feel like your emotions are not allowed to show up. When people feel rejected physically, they feel, or sexually, they feel shame because intimacy is the foundation of your life. It's who, who you are and you build your life on top of that. You build your romantic life on top of that. You build your business life on top of that. So when you feel secure and confident there, you can build, you can take some risks, you can expand, you can build an, on an extra room. You can have more kids without having it to be the thing that's gluing you together. Awesome. Shereen asked a question here. Can you speak more to fawn and blame? She's never heard about this perspective before. Absolutely. So in an argument or in a moment of trauma, when you go, oh, and we know that that feeling or somebody says something and you sort of freeze for it. Fawn is what a lot of um, 
I'm just using those gender stereotypes is what a lot of women do. It's like, okay, all right, okay, all right. And sexually, like if they talk about it in a sexual situation, it's women just going, okay, nope, this is great. This is great. And just trying to please him, being the pleaser, being the people pleaser. I'm the people pleaser. Everybody's happy, no matter how traumatized or how hurt I am. Mm-hmm. And fixing the situation by being overly good. And the blame is uh, another anger. That's what we know it takes two people to tango, right? We know we can't play a football game by ourselves, right? So there's two people. So blame is that it's not my fault. Somebody else did it. Um, You can especially see that at work. You can especially see that. It used to be like, no, the he should did it. She did it corporate dance because that's the job of keeping your job. <laughs> so that blame is it's somebody else's fault. You did this. I see it in relationships where it's, it's, your, it's your fault. You never told me what you liked. It's, it's her fault. She never, she never told me what she liked. It's his fault. He can't turn me on. So we start to deflect from a not being able to up and ask for what we want, which is what I'm going to be sharing in in February when I join Brenda. I'm going to be sharing how to ask for what you want and get what you love and love what you give. Mm. Mm -hmm. Hi, friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's guest on the Three Uniques podcast. Uh, As always, we really appreciate your time and your commitment to listening to our guests every week. And we'd love for you to be able to share this podcast with others and encourage other people to get out there and share their three uniques. So please take a few moments to like, share this podcast, leave a review and let us know what you think. And also let us know who you'd like to hear more from, uh, what type of guests you want us to bring on for future podcast interviews. Thanks so much. Remember, get out there and share your three uniques. There's seven and a half billion people on this planet and somebody needs what you've got. Take care, friends.